everyone, and thank you for coming to this week's episode of 17 Minutes of Science. Uh, you have a new face for your host today, as well as your guest. My name is Anna Malinkovich, and I am a technical solutions and application scientist with InVivo Biosystems. And joining me this week is Carol Andrade. Carol is a research assistant at the Research Institute of Public Health and Zoonosis at Central University of Ecuador. And Carol is also the owner and creator of Genenka, or Genetics with Carol, which is a project focusing on science communication and making complex concepts accessible to everyone. And that's what we'd like to focus on today, actually, the concept of breaking down communication and information barriers in science for the broader global audience. So welcome, Carol, and thank you again for your time and joining us today. Um, thank you, Anna. Yeah, we've got a handy dandy timer set. So let's launch right in. Good. So wonderful. I'm so excited to be here. I'm honored to be on the show. And you know, a show called 17 Minutes of Science, uh, that got me into that. And I really think that we all need more science in our lives. So really, really happy to be here. And yes, as you said, I'm a research assistant and a public university here in Ecuador. I was working in a sonoric lab before quarantine started. So what I can say is that I was working a little bit on genotyping mycobacterium, but that's all I can say about my job there. <laughs> and also, as you mentioned it, I also use my extra time now that I have it to work on my Instagram account or Jenica Genetics with Carol. And you did a wonderful introduction about what I do and what it is about. Awesome, well, thank you again. Um, I think the first question that we at InVivo and likely our audience as well would like to know is what inspired you to start Genenka? So I have to go a little bit back. I studied genetics at the University of Toronto and I have been fascinated by it since then. But every time I try to tell my parents or friends about the new discoveries I learned, I noticed that the terminology used was not always like really necessarily and it was really complex. So I learned with them that to make people interested into something, they first need to understand it. So I created Jenenka to be that type of bridge to connect scientists, research and discoveries with the public. And because I do believe that science is not complete until it is communicated. Mm -hmm. So when scientists are able to communicate beyond their peers to broader non-scientist audiences, it builds support for science, promotes understanding of its wider relevance to society. That's really important and we are seeing that right now in the way some countries respond to the COVID situation. And it can also make science accessible to audiences that traditionally have been excluded from the process of science. So it can help make science more diverse and inclusive. So for instance, uh, if I can say that, I also noticed that most updated and relevant information can be found only in English, which also creates a type of information barrier to anyone who is not fluent in English medical vocabulary. 
No, you bring up some very interesting concepts and things that I can personally relate to as well, having worked at the bench for quite some time, just trying to discuss with my family my project and what I'm doing and the relevance and kind of getting a very blank stare sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you bring up a good point also about just um, things only being available in English and kind of perpetuating that idea of the, the typical scientist from central casting in Hollywood, who is just this guy in a white lab coat, secreted yes. away in the lab. <laughs> yeah, yeah that, that's some sort of the idea that in my country I still have some people like science and making science is so foreign because we still believe in that's the figure and that's the type of people that could get into science. So I think, yeah, what you're doing is, is fantastic to kind of change that perception. So what kind of feedback have you received from your work with Janenka and from the Janenka audience? That's a really interesting question and that I really like to talk about that because, okay, Janenka is kind of new per se, but I have been posting for about six months. And during this time, I have received lots of encouraging messages. Uh, for instance, last week, someone from El Paso, Texas, messaged me saying that they needed something like Genenka, that now the Hispanic members of their community will benefit from it. Mm -hmm. And then I received another comment saying that now um, another person will be able to share this information with her family. With her family. Mm -hmm. So I think that this is amazing that we can also connect uh, between different generations around science and around being informed. So this summarizes my main objective that science is not only for scientists, but for everyone, and that we need everyone to be informed so that the they and society can make better and more informed decisions. So all these comments and feedback that I've been receiving uh, has been like really positive and has encouraged me to continue and to try to uh, reach more people. Because to be honest, I, I didn't imagine that I was going to reach uh, people from Texas. I was, mm -hmm. to be honest, focusing on maybe Ecuador and a, a little bit of Latin American region, but yeah. Well, that's fantastic. I think um, kind of with your platform and, and kind of your work being so young to already have that kind of reach that definitely speaks to, you know, having a, a a platform and and speaking to the proper audience and that there's definitely a need for exactly what you're doing yes and sometimes we forget we use internet every day to almost everything and we forget that it can also be a huge platform to reach a lot of people and to communicate what we want to say so uh there's also a generation generational gap between the type of users that interact in internet mm -hmm but maybe reaching the younger generations, we can help the older ones to get informed too. Yeah. That's a really fantastic concept and idea. And, and it sounds like it's, it's blowing up and taking off. Um, and kind of on that note, you mentioned that your, initially your core audience or your, your thought around this was um, kind of Ecuador and Latin America. And now you, you know, you've broadened out and you have audience in El Paso. Um, and so with this focus of translating into Spanish, have you been approached or tried to partner with anyone to do translations to other languages? 
So I have approached many other scientific communicators to ask for permission to translate their amazing pieces of work so that they can reach more people. Recently, I collaborated with Dr. Samantha Jamin. She's known for Sign Sam in Instagram. Uh, she's a scientific communicator from Canada, and she made an amazing post about COVID exposure risk that I wanted to share too with Hispanic audiences. So that will be one. Um, but I have also been approached by the public to translate and explain pieces of information relating to the current COVID-19 situation. And maybe you might not believe it, but the World Health Organization reports can only be found in English, even though the webpage have uh, some specific um, places where you can search information in Spanish is not complete. So that's unfortunate for us, but that's what I've been doing and try to help people to really get the idea of what those reports also are trying to say. Yeah, that's fantastic. And it kind of goes again to your point about um, kind of bridging that generational gap, because like you say, you know, if um, certain websites are available in certain areas, you know, to be translated, you still have to have a user that is aware that that option exists and is adept enough to to use the internet and those websites to be able to find, you know, that translated information. Yes, and on the same line, talking about, well, generation, generational gaps, uh, you know that older generations still use more the common mass media, television, radio, or something like that. So what I've been trying to do too is that uh, what happens in my country is that the journalists that translate into, into Spanish they can do a good job translating, but then they forget about the context and that there is important to have something that we scientists learn that is about uh, risk communication. So it, it is important to know how to inform people. We cannot just say whatever we just read. We have to explain how it works because then we are being responsible of how people are going to react to the information they get. So something that I actually don't like too much is, okay, we have a lot of new drugs and new maybe uh, vaccine trials or something like that. And for people, they actually don't know what is the difference between in vitro, in vivo, or the different stages in a clinical trial. So they start to get these drugs uh, out of the, um, in the front desk of the pharmacies or something mm -hmm. like that without any type of regulation. And it is because of these mistakes in how people translate and want to give and inform people without taking into consideration risk communication and all of this. Yeah. No, that's a huge consideration. And it's something that um, I think, again, just shows just differences, not only like you mentioned in platform, but generations and just how different different people, different generations, different mindsets, you know, interpret information yeah. also. So, mm -hmm. but yeah, so kind of along those lines as well, um, you know, again, we, we introduced you as being in the field of a, you know, science communication and being a scientific communicator. Um, and like you mentioned, a lot of science and kind of the information that scientists need to, to portray or to get out into the world is very context dependent. So yes. Kind of, can you share with us your process or your thoughts or your decision making on 
exactly what you communicate and um, kind of the topics you choose and how you work to make that more understandable? Okay, so before posting something, I try to make a list of topics that consider relevant. So for instance, pieces of information related to COVID-19, but, but at the same time, I try to not overwhelm people with too much information. And what I'm trying to, to do, at least with COVID-19, is to, we know that everything that we get is new. It could be, we could have, it could change, sorry, in the future. What we know now could be totally different later. So I try to focus on the kind of obvious things per se. So uh, risk exposure, maybe talking about a lot of the myths that are surrounding the COVID situation and the type of uh, not alternative medicine, but myths about using chlorine or using um, other type of medicine that hasn't been tested yet. So I try to work on that uh, without being too overwhelming on people. And also what I would like to mention is that we as scientists are trained to describe a ton of details and background information before we even give the final results. This is the very nature of how graduate students are trained to write their thesis and dissertations. And this is how we deliver presentations at conferences. But for the public or policymaker, this approach needs to be flipped. So what I want to say with this and what I noticed using my account is that um, the key points or findings needs to be delivered very early and they need to be concise. So that's also important when we want to share and reach the public. So they want you to get to the point and then you can explain why that's important, how that's going to affect us or something like that. And adding on that, I also try to focus on two things that I already mentioned is to inform, but not to overwhelm. So when, I, when the COVID-19 emergency was declared, uh, everyone was hearing the term, the curve, uh, to flatten the curve yes. or something like that, right? So that term started to appear everywhere and I tried to create something interesting out of it. So I created a post using cat analogies. Mm -hmm. So an angry kitty to illustrate the curve in which the peak number of people requiring care exceeds what our health system can provide without taking any type of protective measures. And then a sleepy kitty uh, to illustrate our goal of flattening the curve, slowing the spread of the epidemic so that the peak number of people requiring care at the time is reduced. So these kitty curves were eye-catching and it showed that even though people were getting tired of encountering the term, it was explained in such complex ways that they just ignored it. So they heard about that, but they didn't even um, know what it was talking about. So I suggest this for people that want to reach and communicate more to try to use a lot of pictures and to uh, try to focus what is the message that they want to, to give. And with this type of post, with the kitty curves, I got uh, really excited because my post got shared in a high school institution. So it helped teachers explain 
their kids why it is important to, to do social distancing or to take measures to wash their hands and all the type of measures that they can use so that we can reach that sleepy kitty. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah. That's, that's again, another hallmark of kind of a sign for you that, that you're doing work that's very needed and meaningful that it's even used in a classroom. That's amazing. Yeah, and just uh, that's something that I want to add is that we sometimes forget uh, that we don't have only to reach uh, adults per se, but kids. And if we uh, get kids informed, it is even easier to get to their parents, to be honest. So that's something to to highlight. Yeah, that's a very good point, actually, and very <laughs> insightful. Um, so we've got time for one more question, actually, and um, I'll take this one. Actually, we have a, an audience question that came in. Um, so do you have a favorite science subject to post about, or does your audience have a favorite subject that they kind of would like to hear from you about? So I did a poll asking them what is that that they would like to know. So and it, it agreed with something that I really like a lot, that is CRISPR-Cas9. So I guess that by now all of us have heard about CRISPR-Cas9. So I've been trying to work on that and have a new post about how we could possibly use CRISPR-Cas9 to help us fight COVID-19. So I think that that's uh, two topics that can be combined and can make uh, one interesting post. Yeah, that's a great idea. Yeah, um, and there's been kind of to your point, I've seen independently some work and webinars and other posts that have touched on the same topic of, you know, combining CRISPR and how to, you know, work with that in order to combat the pandemic situation. But again, in order to make that information, that concept available all through the ranks, not just to, you know, very hardcore academic scientists or the industry, but also everybody, um, you know, from high school students to grandparents, it, it's amazing. Um, yes, and, and the way I've been trying to do it, I'm still working on the post, is to uh, consider every part of the CRISPR-Cas9 system as a Lego kind of construction or assembly. So I hope everyone would like that. I'm still working on that, so we'll see how it goes. Okay, fantastic. Well, we definitely will keep an eye out for that. So. That was awesome. Unfortunately, that's all the time that we have today. We're but really fast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Thank you so, so much for joining us today. And um, I will also. And yeah. everyone. <laughs> no, sorry, I just wanted to, to thank all of you for inviting me here, for having me here. It's such a great opportunity. And the thing that you're doing to talk about science, that's a huge, huge mm -hmm. thing that has a really good impact on, on people. So continue doing so. And again, thank you so much for this opportunity. Yeah, awesome. Well, thank you. And um, to all of the audience members that might be interested in following Carol and Janenka, I'm going to give a shout out to her Instagram account, which is at Janen underscore Ka. So G-E-N-E-N -E -E underscore K-A. So awesome. Thank you, Carol, again. And hopefully we can touch base soon. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>